Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast. My name is Brother Thomas Therese, comma, OP. I'm a Dominican friar and a son of the English province. And as always, I'm joined by my friend... Daniel. Daniel, it's good to see you. How have you been? Yeah, not too bad. But a, a nice what week. What have you been up to? Anything nice? What have I been up to? Bit of travelling. Managed to travel for the first time since the, since the fuel situation. Oh yeah, the big fuel crisis of 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh. So well, if you're listening in the future, remember that. <laughs> <laughs> time yeah. is, time has begun here now, so my my time has sort of been Doing taken dinner. up a lot. Yeah, I've I've got um we've got a, a conference here uh, at the yeah we've got a conference here at the moment. Well, beginning tomorrow. What's the conference on? It's on Thomistic evolution, so uh, human origins and the interplay between theology and the natural sciences when it comes to evolution and stuff. It's going to be interesting. Is that for the students of the university there? Is that open to other people? Yeah, it's open. It's open to everybody. And I'm sure that the, um, that the talks will be recorded and will be on the Blackfriars Oxford, um, YouTube page in due course. Um, but yeah, should be interesting. I think. Fascinating. Anyone noteworthy? Uh, Father Simon Gain will be talking. He's just been appointed to the International Theological Commission in Rome, um, which is an advisory body to the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith and things. So, yeah, we've got Simon. Oh, I should remember the other names of the participants. But obviously Simon is a Dominican. Yeah, Simon's so. a Dominican. I, ca- I think they're all Dominicans, but I could be wrong. <laughs> We've got uh, Isaac Morales, who's a uh, a priest from the Eastern Province of the United States. I think is Nicanor. So a Dominican. Yeah, a Dominican. I think Father <laughs> Nicanor um, Ostriaco is going to be talking, who runs... He's, he's actually... Um, he runs a lab in Rhode Island in in the United States. Um, so yeah. Oh he's, yes, he's fascinating. He's a, fascinating a What's his name? What's his name? Nicanor, Father Nicanor. He was also in, uh, partly responsible for the rollout of the coronavirus vaccine in the Philippines, I think. So yeah, very interesting man. But he's like he's a scientist by trade, and he also happens to be a Dominican priest. So it's probably the other way around, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe that's the other way around. He's a Dominican priest. <laughs> he's a Dominican priest who happens to be uh, also a a. Uh, a scientist in the natural sciences but yeah no very interesting that's fascinating but what's our subject for today brother thomas yeah <laughs> on on to today's subject we're going to be talking about higher things uh we're going to be talking about um angels uh, and this came up partly because we have recently had the feast of the guardian angels in early october and a few days before that we had the feast of the archangels and I mean, I think angels generally and archangels and things like that, it's something that people are interested in. People aren't only interested in the physical, visible world. They are also interested in the invisible world. And there's just as we see hierarchies of things in the physical uh, in the physical world and in the animal kingdom, we also see the same thing, I think, uh, in the invisible world. Of course, the church is also interested in the invisible world as well. We think of like the creed, we talk about... The physical things that got created, yes. but also the invisible things, the visible and invisible things. So as much as other people in the world are very interested in angels, so are we. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um, and at the moment, like if you think about the saints as well, I mean, I've never seen Therese of Lisieux. Well, actually, that's not quite true. I have visited uh, Lisieux and seen her incorruptible 
mortal remains. Um, <laughs> um, but there are there are many saints, for example, who who I haven't seen, and so they are invisible to me in a certain sense. Uh, the angels too, you know. Angels don't have a physical body, although we do, of course, in Scripture do, do see, don't we, that they can assume a physical body so that they can interact in a way that's more comfortable for for human beings. But primarily, I think how they how they interact with us really is through inspiring us and influencing us, and they communicate in other more subtle ways because really it's not about them. It's about the Lord. They communicate about the Lord and they protect us and they guide us. But I think, I mean, you see it in, in on film, in, in films and on TV, um, that there is this fascination with angels and what they do and how they operate and how they aid us and help us. Yeah, so we thought we would do an episode on angels and sort of see what the church teaches and things. And of course, you're, you're, you, well, you have a devotion to the angels as well particularly michael you you picked him as your confirmation patron indeed so why was that i mean that's quite unusual most people would go for a saint uh, but you went for michael the archangel Why, why was that well michael is a saint uh so he's saint michael the archangel uh, and this is an interesting thing, I suppose. I mean, saint meaning holy one. And yeah, the angels are holy ones. Uh, so the angels are saints. Um, and St. Michael the Archangel, I chose, I think I chose for a few reasons. I think some of them more divine than others. Uh, I saw this really beautiful statue of St. Michael the Archangel and this really beautiful prayer card uh, with St. Michael the Archangel on it. And it just really captured my anag- imagination. And um, he really sort of symbolized the forces of good triumphing over evil. And um, I, I, yeah, there was something about it which captured my imagination. But I was also very interested in the idea of spiritual warfare when I was a teenager, praying to St. Michael for protection against evil and against uh, Satan and, you know, demonic forces and things like that. So I, I was, yeah, I was interested in things like that. Um, in scripture, in the book of Daniel, St. Michael is spoken of as uh, a protective uh, figure, somebody who um, defends Daniel in the lion's den. Um, in the book of Revelation, St. Michael leads the angels against the fight against the great dragon, against the devil. Um, and so it speaks about a sort of war in heaven. Um and this is something which Peter Kreeft calls the great debate, uh, because he says, you know, following on from Thomas Aquinas, that angels not being physical creatures, they're like intellects. So in that sense, the war in heaven, I suppose, is like a great debate. Um, and St. Michael uh, defeats defeats the devil. Well, a great debate, as you would know as a Dominican, a great debate often looks like a battle <laughs> yeah you 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 see why it appealed to me you know i love a debate being a, being a dominican well hopefully swords don't come out in in the debates that you have <laughs> no i mean only the sort of maybe a maybe a, a sharp tongue every now and again but we do try to be charitable because <laughs> my michael's often depicted in statues with a, a sword or a, a lance of some kind is that right yes yeah yeah no that's true and probably why he appealed to you as a teenager they, they, <laughs> they, they it's the sword of truth and that's that's again another thing 
another reason why St. Michael, uh, I think, appeals appeals to me is because it's about overcoming error and putting error to flight and fighting error with truth, not with physical weapons. Whilst Michael is associated with holding a sword and holding a holding a, a lance and whatnot, it's not a physical uh, battle. It's a battle of truth against falsehood and against goodness and against evil. There's something much more metaphysical about it. So I suppose that's really why he appealed to me. He's often depicted with a, a spear, which has like a red cross at the at the top of the spear, which obviously depicts victory, Christ's victory. And it's often white and, and red, isn't it? Um, like the St. George's mm-hmm. flag. But it depicts victory, the victory of yes. Christ. So he, he's battling yeah. with the victory of, of Christ. Absolutely. I love, I love him so much, you know. He's... Uh, I need... I need as much help as I can get <laughs> uh, in life, you know. He encourages me to be a good, holy Christian person, or at least try to be as much as I can. And there's a, a special prayer which um, has, uh, which comes from a sort of, I suppose it's a, a bit of an apocryphal story uh, relating to Pope Leo Thirteenth, And it's, the saying goes that Pope Leo has this sort of, vision of a conversation between god and between the devil and um, as a result of this pope leo the 13th composes a prayer to be said at the end of every mass uh, called the saint michael's prayer and there's a longer version and there's a shorter version the shorter version how does it go can you remember it i do yeah i led it by heart saint michael the archangel defend us in battle be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander for the ruin of souls. Amen. And um, you, have you heard the other prayer? Version. The other prayer uh, where it says, Holy Michael Archangel, defend and guide us to Jesus Christ and his church. Have you heard that one? I haven't heard that one, but I like For it. Sure. <laughs> I like, I like it. it. Yeah, but that's, but that, that, isn't that interesting? So it's defi- defend and guide. Yes. It's like his, yeah, his, his two things yeah. that he does and, and towards Christ. And that's what angels do. A- a- angels are there to guide us to heaven, to guide us to the Lord, to guide us to Christ. That's, that's what they do. I mean, their name, angels, comes from angelos, meaning messenger. And so there's a sense in which they are, from our perspective, to some extent, defined by their function. I mean, we do have certain names, St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, Archangels. Um, St. Michael's name means who is like God. And obviously the answer is no one is like God. Um, There's St. Gabriel, strength of God. And obviously St. Gabriel is the one who uh, delivers the good news to Mary and also to Zachariah, that Zachariah's wife will, will, will bear a son who will be called John, who becomes John the Baptist, of course, and to the Blessed Virgin Mary, hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And Our Lady, of course, says, be it done to me according to your word. You know, she says, how will this be? For I have not known a man. And St. Gabriel says, the spirit of the Most High shall overshadow you, you know, the spirit of the Most High shall come upon you, he says. And um, yeah, then Our Lady says, be it done to me according to thy word. And of course, Our Lady, one of her titles is Queen of the Angels. Um, there, There is a tradition which says that this was the thing that made Satan rebel, that there would be a human being who would be over 
him uh, as an angel. So it's sort of a, a, a proud and sort of prideful thing. But this is not a story, of course, that we find in scripture. We do see, of course, in the book of Revelation, we do see that the seed of the woman in heaven clothed with the sun, crowned with 12 stars, that her seed and Satan, let, let, maybe we should say they don't get on. To put that lightly. <laughs> but she shall crush the head of the serpent. He, Yeah. And um, the, the, there is enmity between the woman and Satan. And um, this is one of the reasons, of course, why we fly to Our Lady for protection. But, and, you know, sometimes in, in medieval art, Our Lady was pictured sort of punching Satan in the face, <laughs> protecting her children, you know, as a mother does, like a mother bear, you know. And St. Michael and the angels as well, they guide us, they protect us, they communicate with us on behalf of the Lord. And th that's an important thing to remember. So you mentioned Michael and, and Gabriel. Yes. Uh, what about Raphael? So Raphael, we read about in the book of Tobit. And Tobit's son, Tobias, goes to collect some money. He meets a, a lady called Sarah. And um, a demon has cursed Sarah and all of her, all of the people who fall in love with her die. Well, Tobias is protected by the archangel Raphael. Uh, the demon is cast out. Tobias and Sarah get married. And so this is one of the reasons why people will pray to Arch the archangel Raphael, not only for healing, because Tobit, Tobias's father, uh, is, is his blindness is healed, but also for looking for a spouse looking for a good spouse so isn't that what his name means raphael healing. means it is yes. god who heals yeah. or god's yeah, healing that's it yeah. that's exactly okay. it interesting so that's why because of his function his, his mission i guess so yeah you know the, yeah so michael like who who is like god and i you're not satan so go away <laughs> uh saint gabriel the strength of god mm, it'd be interesting though how that sort of relates i suppose to his role of of the great communicator of um of our Lord's triumphal arrival in in humility um, in the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, and then, of course, oh, well, I, I suppose, I mean, our, our Lord is uh, is our strength, as we read in, 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 the, in the Psalms. Yeah, and then Raphael, uh, the healing of God. But, of course, each and every one of us has a guardian angel who is there guiding us, protecting us from temptation, protecting us from the devil. And we should pray to St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, um, and to our to our holy guardian angel as well. So I, I, maybe we, sh we could ask for the Lord for healing and ask for St. Raphael's intercession. Maybe we are anxious or worried about something or, and we can ask for the, for protection from the Lord through the intercession of St. Michael. Maybe um, we're, we have to communicate some difficult news to somebody and, and so we're worried about how it might go. And so we might ask the Lord to inspire us and help us to know what to say. We might pray to the Holy Spirit and we might ask for the intercession of St. Gabriel. But, uh, but Padre Pio, now Padre Pio is somebody who used to see his guardian angel. I've never seen my guardian angel, sort of, I mean, he's more than welcome to, to appear to me, um, I, d I wouldn't mind. <laughs> well, the, isn't their reactions normally fear? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? You know, in scripture, we often see, what is it we find in, in the Gospel of Luke when the angelic hosts appear to the shepherds? Wow. What's the first thing they they're, say? They're fearful, aren't they? Yeah, the shepherds are afraid. And the, the angels say, do not be afraid. You know, well, it, and even, Zachariah yeah, as well. Zachariah, in, do not be afraid. Our Lady, do not be afraid. 
We also find our Lord, of course, saying, do not be afraid a lot. For another episode, for another episode. Yeah, no. <laughs> another episode. Yeah, Padre Pio used to see his guardian angel, talk to his guardian angel, and people from all over the world, he would say to them, you know, if you can't get to see me, send me your guardian angel and I'll reply. So sometimes people would get a letter from uh -huh. him and, you know, they'd say, oh, your God. And he'd sort of say, oh, your guardian angel told me X, Y and Z, you know, know that I'm praying for you and blah, 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 blah. And then somebody would be healed, you know. But he also experienced assaults from the devil. There was a time when, uh, I mean, some of his brothers said that they used to see him sort of black and blue and uh, they'd hear sort of loud noises and he was being thrown around the room by the devils. And there's a story that his guardian angel, he was calling, calling for help from his guardian angel. And his guardian angel was sort of floating around, not, not doing a whole lot to sort of help him. And eventually he does uh, intervene. His guardian angel intervenes and the devil is put to flight. And Padre Pio rebukes his guardian angel and says, what are you playing at? You know, I asked for you to help. You've been assigned to me to help and you didn't come. And he says that, you know, his guardian angel looked very embarrassed and was very apologetic and said it wouldn't happen again. But he used to send his own angel to to help people and things like that. And there were also, there's a great book called Send Me Your Guardian Angel, which was written by somebody who lived with Padre Pio and knew him. And he tells so many stories like Padre Pio would would reply to people's letters in French, German, Russian, Greek all sorts of different languages that he didn't know. He didn't know any of those languages. Um, and it was as he, he, Padre Pio used to say, it's my guardian angel who translates the letters. I don't, he tells me what to, you know, what to write basically. So, but the thing to remember, I think about your guardian angel, apart from it, it is important to, to, you know, ask for their help and, and pray to the Lord uh, for them and thank them for, for their assistance. But remember, they are messengers of the Lord and that they are no replacement. Communication with your guardian angel in some way is no replacement for listening to scripture and listening to the mind of the church. Yeah, because I think an angel will, will always point you to, to God, you know, your guardian angel. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, scripture is what is necessary when we want to know things about the Lord. Scripture is necessary. Everything else, you know, very often we can make mistakes, you know, when we're trying to discern something or we might think that we've had some sort of revelation or we might think we've had some sign. And maybe we have, maybe we have, but also maybe we haven't, you know, so we do have to be quite careful and discerning and uh, your angel will not contradict scripture. Your angel will not contradict the, the the teaching, the official magisterium and teaching of the church. So, I mean, maybe that's a story for another episode. But sometimes you'll find, you know, especially in New Age circles, you know, people will communicate to their guardian angel. Yeah, you can find some practices which aren't necessarily healthy, right? There's, there's a, a hierarchy of these things then that we listen to. We need to listen to scripture. We need to listen to the church. We need to receive the sacraments. And then our devotional on our prayer life is vital and it's important, but it's guided and informed by the teaching of the church. It's guided and informed by scripture. And it's not our guardian angel, ultimately, who is the savior of, of, of the world. It's Jesus Christ. And our guardian angel communicates Christ. Our guardian angel leads us to heaven, leads us towards God. 
at the behest and the will of God. Our guardian angel is assigned to us and works with us and helps us because God has asked them to do so. So when we think of angels that normally depicted in culture, uh, we think of them as like a looking like a baby with wings. But obviously <laughs> in scripture, <laughs> but obviously in scripture, the the normal reaction or the first reaction of people it's to an fear. angel is fear. So why would why would we be fearful of an angel? What makes them fearful for us? Well, to some extent, you know, I think I think oh gosh, that's a good question. I, I think there are a few answers to that. One, we're coming into contact with something that is divine, that is heavenly. We're coming into contact with somebody who is representing God, God's messenger, a vassal of God. We we don't see angels in our everyday experience. So if we see something out of our usual experience, there's something a bit scary about it, you know. And if we believe something to be true, it's another thing when you see it. You know, I, I might believe in our Lord uh, uh, as our saviour and our redeemer. And I believe uh, the wonderful, marvellous things that he's done for me. I believe that he loves me. But how would I react if he just appeared to me now in my room? I, I probably would be actually quite quite afraid and probably very apologetic <laughs> for a lot of the the ways in which i've squandered the good things that he's given to me and the way that i've shown my ingratitude in a similar way i suppose with angels you don't know why they're there and you don't know what they're going to ask of you and you don't know what they're going to say in scripture and so there's something that is very other about them it's something that we're not used to and it's something that represents some something which is more i suppose in a sense maybe unadulteratedly good to ourselves like a good fear isn't it it's like a it's, it's a fear of who they represent as well like a holy fear yeah and you know thinking also a sense of you know am i am i really worthy to be uh in in their presence you know i'm i'm a sinner the, the exception of course being the blessed virgin mary uh, and we do see that the angel Gabriel shows a certain reverence and deference to Our Lady in the way that he greets her. Hail, mm -hmm. que caratomine, hail, full of grace. Uh, I mean, if my angel appeared to me now, I'd be like, gosh. I don't think he'd say <laughs> that. <laughs> said that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd <laughs> say that at all. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to yeah ask, ask, ask for his help. Um, I'm sure he'd be very helpful. So earlier on, you spoke about the battle that happens between between the angels but i suppose a, a good thing to mention is that actually that that battle has been won has been won by christ already and that there are the, these different levels of um, of battle going on and obviously one of them is the the battle between the angels that we hear about in scripture yes. um, but i suppose a good thing for us to be reminded of when we think about the angels is that we're also in a spiritual battle and our guardian angel and the angels which have not fallen are, are on our side Absolutely. and there to to help us in our own individual battles that, that we have in everyday life, in the spiritual battles that we go through. The angels and the saints are your friends, right? They will what is good for you. Those who are in the presence of God, the angels and the saints, they want what, yeah, they want what is best for you. They want God for you. The demons uh, uh, and uh, the devil does not want what is good for you and that's in a definitive way 
it's not like the devil's going to change his mind and say, actually, you know what? No, actually, I do want you to go to heaven, actually. Yeah, that's not how angels work. Angels aren't, don't have choice in the way that humans have choice. Um, angels had one, def and that's because of the sort of creature that they are. Uh, the sort of creature that they are, how they know is different to how we know. We know through our experience when we build up our, our experience over time and that changes how we act. It forms us. Angels know by intuition. We know through uh, gaining more and more and more sensory experience. Angels have made a definitive choice at the beginning of time. Angels make a definitive choice. And because of their nature, they don't change. Right? So the devil doesn't have the ability to be your friend because he doesn't have the ability to will your good your angels and uh, the, uh your yeah saint michael raphael gabriel your guardian angel the angels want what is good for you and yeah so they are true friends of yours yeah and th there are different in the tradition there are different choirs of angels the seraphim cherubim thrones dominions virtues powers principalities archangels and angels many many and this sort of signifies how just as there's a great diversity in the physical world so too there is also great diversity in the invisible world and in heaven in the book of revelation we read of course that there uh, before the throne of god there are many 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 angels and saints from every tongue and tribe and people and nation, a, a multitude, a vast multitude, impossible to count, it says in the book of Revelation. What I find interesting, in, especially in Revelation, I suppose in Isaiah as well. So Isaiah has a vision of, of heaven. But you have all of heaven singing together the same song. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Yeah. And I think what's interesting there is that that, is almost illustrative of the harmony that there is among heaven so you have angels are often described as being of different species so like if you imagine all humans that have ever lived may uh, put together uh, that would make one angel i mean that's i think that's how thomas aquinas describes it but the point is there so they're all singing with one song they're all in the harmony of of mind and will together praising god so then with our worship of God in the Mass, we have these these songs, these hymns that come from uh, the words sung by the angels. So we have the Gloria that's sung by the angels at Christ's birth, and we have the, the Sanctus, which is sung from, well, which comes from Isaiah's vision of God surrounded by the angels who sing that, that song that you, you just said there. So we in the Mass have been drawn into this union and harmony of mind and will with the angels and the saints. So when we ask them outside of the mass, when we ask them for their help, they are drawing us to that. That's that's the whole point. They have that union of mind with God to draw us along that path of life to towards union with God. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that's a very good point, actually. You know, why is it that why is it that we have these quotes from the angelic chorus um, sang at mass? Sorry, I mean, I'm eating a chocolate bar. <laughs> Okay, let's try that again. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, why is it that we have, you know, this great angelic hymn uh, in the middle of Mass? Well, it's because the earthly liturgy mirrors the heavenly liturgy. And so then what do we see in the heavenly liturgy in the book of Revelation? 
uh, where you see angels and incense and singing. What is it we see in the earthly liturgy? Um, well, we have the song of the angels, you know, uh, that we join in with. Uh, we have incense, we have singing, um, all sorts of different things. And we have the marriage supper of the Lamb, which, of course, again, we see in the heavenly liturgy in the book of Revelation. There's this sort of interplay. If you want to find out more about that, there's a great book you can read that I know me and Dan are both fond of called The Lamb's Supper by uh, Dr. Scott Hahn. Maybe one, one, one last thing maybe that I want to say about angels and devotion and things is uh, just really to encourage you to pray a devotion I mean you, you don't have to <laughs> but a, a devotion that I have found very helpful which came about from my devotion to St Michael is one called the Rosary of the Angels or the Chaplet of St Michael the Archangel. Uh, you can find out how to pray it online but I found it's been very useful in helping me to well I, I hope to help me become more holy and to grow closer to God. So it begins with, O oh God, come to my aid. O oh Lord, make haste to help me. And then the glory be, right? So right from the beginning, you're placing yourself in the presence of God. God, come to my aid. O oh Lord, make haste to help me. I need you. I need your help. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. And then you have an Our Father, you have three Hail Marys and things. And in the intercessions, so before each sort of set of one Our Father and three Hail Marys, there are nine, because nine choirs of angels, there is a little short phrase that you say. Um, so, for example, the first one is, By the intercession of St. Michael and the celestial choir of the seraphim, may the Lord make us worthy to burn with the fire of perfect charity. The second one May the Lord grant us the grace to leave the ways of sin behind and run in the path of Christian perfection. The third one, through the intercession of St. Michael and the celestial choir of thrones, may the Lord infuse into our hearts a spirit of true and sincere humility. Number four, by the intercession of St. Michael and the celestial choir of dominions, may the Lord give us grace to govern our senses and overcome any unruly passions. Number five, through the intercession of St. Michael and the Celestial Choir of Virtues, may the Lord give us grace to govern our senses and overcome any unruly passions. Number five, may the Lord preserve us from evil and falling into temptation. Number six, protect our souls against the snares and temptations of the devil. Number seven, fill our souls with the spirit of true obedience. Number eight, may the Lord give us perseverance and faith and in, in good works so that we may attain the glory of heaven. Number nine, by the intercession of St. Michael and the, and the Celestial Choir of the Angels, may the Lord grant us to be protected by them in this mortal life and be conducted in the life to come to heaven. So to me, I know I need to grow in charity. I know I need to grow in humility. I know I need help in overcoming unruly passions. I know I need help in overcoming temptation. I know uh, that I need to be more obedient. I know that I need to persevere in faith and in good works. I know that I need the protection of the angels and the saints. I mean, they remind me that when I pray, when I pray for the intercession of the saints, when I pray for the intercession of the angels, and they intercede for me, they want me to be where they are. They want me to be in the presence of the Lord, and they bring the Lord to me, and they bring me to the Lord. Not so I can stand before him alone, so it's like a sort of just me and God sort of thing. 
They bring me to heaven so I can stand alongside them before the throne of the Lord as a saint. Uh, it's not that when we die, we become angels. Sometimes we hear that, you know, oh, now, now they've become an angel. Well, no, because angels aren't human beings, right? When you die, you remain a human being, right? But you can become a great saint and stand alongside the angels. We don't have an angelic nature. We have a human nature. And so when, when God saves us, he saves us as we are. He doesn't want us to be angels. He loves the angels as the angels are. And he loves us as we are as human beings. You don't need to be an angel to get into heaven. You can be a human being, <laughs> you know. Yeah, great way to finish this episode. So please make sure you subscribe and make sure you share the episode with other people as well. And we'll be back for another episode next Saturday. And there's also reflections that are published on a Tuesday, which may be useful as well. So until next time, thank you, everyone. God bless.